1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And I told our, our Sunday school class this morning, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't started yet being a part of the Sunday school ministry, listen, whatever you do, you ought to come to Sunday school. Now, some of you were asking about uh, live streaming, and if we were live streaming the Sunday school, and so the word that I got today is that you can actually go to our website. You can go to our website, and you can benefit from the Sunday school hour on our website. And uh, now, you can, if you want more information about that, you can ask Brother Evan back here in the uh, sound and video uh, booth back here, and he can sort of help you with that. But just go to our website at calvarybcug.com, and uh, you can benefit from that and a lot of other things as well. Well, this is Mother's Day, and, um, and so I found myself sort of wanting to come to the pulpit today apologizing. Um, and so if it'll make anybody feel better, I'll apologize, but I'm not apologizing for the Lord. Um, I'm not bringing a, a Mother's Day message today. I, um, that's not the direction that the Lord has led me today. Now, sometimes he does, and he has led that way many times through the years, but today uh, is not, is, that's not his will today. And while my wife and I were away for just a little while, God began to move upon my heart about a message and uh, when we got back into North Carolina, boy, I just felt so strongly about this message. And, and I told the Sunday school class this morning, I, don't, I really don't, in some ways, I don't feel like God's completely done with the church concerning revival. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord's going to manifest himself like he did those two weeks. But I still, in my spirit, I still feel like the Lord is trying to help some folks. Um, and, uh, and he's going to help us all today. But I want you to pray, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about this subject of salvation. And that's about all we've heard since January. It seems like uh, every lesson's been on that. It seems like a lot of messages have been on that. And the Lord has just, uh, and by the way, not just your pastor, but uh, our men that have been teaching in the Sunday school class and different things, it's just been salvation, 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 salvation. Uh, and, I, and I told them this morning that I'm, I watch different pastors around the nation, and uh, they don't know what happened here at Calvary, and we're not sure what's going on there. But it's amazing that a lot of preachers, even around the nation, are seeming to preach the same message. That's interesting to me. And when I see that happening, I'm thinking, oh, and it happened this week, and I thought, Lord, are you doing something special? Are you trying to get your church ready for something that... that Maybe we don't know it was just right around the corner. You know, the Bible says the coming of the Lord is imminent. Amen. And that means it can happen any time, any moment. Uh, I think I'm going to get through this message, but I'm not sure I'm going to get through this message. And it could be before I'm done that the trumpet of God may sound and God may catch us away. And wow, wouldn't that be a Mother's Day and a half? Man, oh man, oh man. I want to talk to you about vital signs of a new birth. And, uh, boy, God gave me this message. He didn't speak to me audibly, but it was about as close as it could be. And so 1 Corinthians 3 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand this morning, if you're able, that is. 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to begin in verse number 1, and we're going to read, read down through verse number 7. And uh, I'm marking the clock right now. It's not going to be that long today, but, but listen, we don't have a Sunday night service, and so uh, we're going to try to get the good out of this morning. Amen? 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Paul is speaking here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church of Corinth. 
And he says to this church, and I, brethren, so he's talking to saved people here, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. You may be seated this morning. And let me, let me preach to you, teach to you just for a few moments today. And boy, I just beg you for your undivided attention for the next few moments. And uh, Father, we thank you for your blessings. And Lord, it's been a great morning. We thank you for the great spirit. Lord, it started before the Sunday school ever, ever began. And God, there was a spirit of excitement, a spirit of electricity in this place. And we just thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for this fine crowd that's here today. And God, thank you for uh, every person that has come here looking for something. And, uh, and then, Lord, there's probably a few that are here. Uh, they came as a visitor or came for their mother or came for their grandmother or, uh, or came for their child or whatever the case may be. Uh, well, Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to them as well. And uh, Lord, we pray that if there might be any here today that don't know Christ as their personal Savior, I pray today would be that day, uh, May the 8th, 2022, I pray would be the day that they would come to Christ as Savior and be birthed into the family of God. Lord, help no one to leave this place not knowing, Lord, not knowing. And Lord, help them to realize that Jesus will take them just as they are. And I pray today, Lord, they'll open their heart and life to Christ and let Jesus come in and bring about a change. And so, Lord, please, please breathe on us now. We prayed this this, uh, this, this morning. We pray it again right now. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. And so, Holy Spirit, please have your way now. Save the lost. Encourage the saved. And I pray that Jesus Christ will be lifted up and glorified in a great, great way. We love you and praise you and ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we notice here in 1 Corinthians chapter three that Paul sort of rebuked, and I say sort of, really that's not really accurate. That's just trying to make it a little easier. He didn't sort of rebuke, he rebuked. And Paul rebuked the church of Corinth because they did not seem to be growing in the faith. They did not seem to be growing as Christians. And he was saying to the church of Corinth, it's almost like you're still babies in the Lord. Now, this church has been established for a little while. And he said, you, you, by now, he said, you should have matured in your faith. You should have, you, you've had enough of the word that you should have grown. But he said, it's almost like you're still babies in the Lord. But if I could just quickly say this, at least, at least they were babies. 
At least they were babes in Christ. I'm going to be honest with you, church. I'm really beginning to wonder if our churches sincerely have baby Christians. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. We have a lot of baby Christians here. We have some folks that were saved in the revival. We have people that haven't been saved very long. And, and I understand that we have baby Christians in this place today, but I'm really beginning to wonder, as God seems to be doing some amazing things around America, and thank God here at Calvary Baptist Church, I'm really beginning to wonder, is, is, is it that we have baby Christians in the church, or is it that people fill our churches that are clearly lost? And they've never really been born again. I'm going to be honest with you, that makes good sense. That last statement makes good sense. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that the church seems to be making very little impact on our world? Very little impact. I mean, really, it's almost like the church, I'm talking about as the early church used to be, it's almost like the church is a has-been. It's like the church is a passing thought. It's like the church is an afterthought. And we're having, you know what, our salt, I'm afraid our salt has lost its savor. And we seem to be having very, very little uh, impact on this world. Listen, church, and this is the truth. And I'm not, I don't want to start the message out controversial, although this should not be controversial. But I said this in the class this morning. Listen, when the state of California is trying to pass legislation that you can not only kill babies before birth, but now you can kill babies up to 14 days after birth, we have a problem. There is a problem somewhere. I mean, listen, there is a problem when we, are, when we have legislators who are trying to pass laws that say that if your baby is born with Down syndrome or your baby has mental retardation, that we'll give you up to a certain amount of days. And if you want to just do a mercy killing, they don't call it that, but that's what it is. If you want to do a mercy killing on that baby, then we will allow you to do that and you won't suffer any kind of penalty. Now, I'm just saying this, is there a reason that the church is having very little impact on the world? Hey, I'll tell you something else. Could this be the exact reason why churches are having to implement programs and campaigns and drives? And I'm not against any of those things necessarily, but I wonder maybe just maybe if that's why the church is having to try this thing and try this trend and try uh, this thing to try to uh, all in an attempt to convince people that have never been born to come to the house of God. Could it be that's the reason why churches are having to change their music? I mean, you know, Miss Krista sang a beautiful, beautiful hymn this morning. Spoke to my heart. I hope it spoke to yours. But yet we have churches now that uh, hymns are a thing of the past and they're changing their, uh, just completely changing their, their format of their services, changing their music. Maybe this is why preachers are toning down their message. And we have preachers that are, that are mounting the pulpit that are preaching a compromising message, a message that did not come from God, but it came from headquarters. They got it in some kind of a sermon book or sermon outline and it, it arrived in the mail from Nashville or Dallas and, uh, and uh, you know, that's what the denomination is teaching right now. Listen, maybe it's high time that we quit getting our messages from the dom denomination and start getting our messages from heaven again. Maybe it's time, just maybe it's time and I'm not, listen, I'm, 
You pray. You just pray that God will help me. I don't want to get too crazy this morning, but I'm just telling you that uh, maybe it's some time uh, that, that preachers get in the pulpit and quit worrying about your insurance and quit worrying about your company car and quit worrying about is the deacon board going to take this away and that away. Maybe it's time you get in the pulpit and preach thus saith the Lord. Is it, is it true? Maybe that's why preachers are toning it down. Maybe that's why the Bible says that in these last days that, that preachers will have itching ears. What is an itching ear? An itching ears. Tell me what you want to hear. Congregation, tell me what to preach. But keep providing the insurance. Tell me what you want, but be sure you give me a car. What was that? Yes, I will submit my outline to the deacon board on Saturday night before I preach it on Sunday morning. You say, Pastor, you're making that up. Oh, no, I'm not. You'd be amazed at the churches where the pastor has to submit his outline before Sunday rolls around for a committee or an organization to approve that message before he preaches it. No, mercy sakes, y'all pray for me this morning. But I'm just telling you, they'll sell popsicles in hell before you approve the outline that I preach on Sunday morning. Maybe this is why churches are willing to lower their standards and compromise their convictions. All in an attempt to either draw or keep people who aren't babies. A baby grows. A baby can be fed. A baby can, can be nurtured. And by the way, nothing wrong with babies. Boy, thank the Lord for the baby. We love it, by the way. We love it. It's exciting to have baby Christians in the church. But, but, but I'm just saying this. Could it be, church, and I really do believe it is, could it be that's, that's why our churches are changing and our messages are changing and our music is changing, uh, all because we're trying to draw those and we're trying to keep those who, to be quite honest, have never, ever been born again. Now, I'm going to tell you today the vital signs of a new birth. And uh, this is just as about as clear and, and uh, just as clear as you can be this morning. What are the vital signs of a baby? How do you know if you've got baby Christians in the church? What are the vital signs of a baby? Well, how about this? Number one, babies naturally long for the breast of their mother. By the way, can anybody explain that to me? How does that happen? What do, you, what do you mean, preacher, preacher? How can a baby whose eyes aren't even focused, who can't walk across the room, who can't even sit up, who can't talk, who can't necessarily think and compress things like you can and I can, and yet somehow, as soon as that little baby is born, it knows automatically to search for mama. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you what, buddy. Don't try to argue me there's not a God. You, you might as well argue down here at the fence post. I mean, it ain't going to happen. I mean, listen, every time, 
Every time we had a baby uh, born, and, and uh, I mean, that baby just doesn't have to be trained. You don't have to send it to the class. Uh, a, a nurse doesn't have to come up to it and say, now, little baby, this is how you do it. No, no, no. That baby naturally longs for its mother. Now, you say, preacher, why does it, why, why does it have a longing for its mom? Are you all ready? This is deep. It has a longing for its mom because it's been born. Now, you can't explain it, neither can I, because it's a God thing. It's something that God puts inside that child. When that child took place, when that, when that child was born and that change took place, God placed inside of that baby a desire for some things that it doesn't even understand. It doesn't know its mama's name. It doesn't know the, the color of its mama's hair. It doesn't know what color its mama's eyes are. It's never officially spoken to its mom before. And yet, you say, Pastor, you get excited about the craziest things. Maybe so, maybe so. But yet that little child just is just, just moments into, into the earth, just moments into the world. And already, already, before they even got it cleaned up, that child is as a desire and it's searching for its mom. It's a big deal. It's a vital sign of a baby. You see, listen, don't try to tell me that a person who shows absolutely no desire for the things of God is born. Are you born again? Oh, yes. Do you spend time in your Bible? No. Do you ever pray? No. Are you plugged into a local church? No. Do you have something inside of you that just longs for God? Something inside of you just, I mean, you, you can't even explain it all. Man, there's just something that draws you to him. Man, you have such a desire for him. Hey, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's not me, then maybe the problem is this. Maybe you're not a baby. If God hasn't put a longing in your spirit for the things of the Lord, it's clear evidence you're not a babe in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ecclesiastes 36, 26, Jesus said this, or God said this, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments, and do them. This is all I'm saying, church. This is not deep preaching, but I'm just telling you that you say, Pastor, how do you know it's a baby? Because a baby naturally longs for the breast of its mama. God has put something deep down inside that child that says, I gotta get to mama. I gotta get to mama. I don't know her name. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know what her hair color is. I don't know how old she is, but I gotta get to mama. I gotta get to mama. I gotta get to mama. And if I can get to mama, I'm gonna be okay. If you're here this morning and you are genuinely born again, 
There's going to be something inside of you. You can't explain it necessarily, but there's something inside of you that says, man, I got to get to God. I got to get to God. I don't understand that book like I need to. I don't understand how to pray like I really need to, preacher. I, I don't understand all that. I'm not saying that you got to understand everything about the Bible. I'm not saying that you got to be a prayer warrior. I'm not saying that you got to be a super Christian, but I am saying this, that if you are genuinely born again, there is going to be something that inside of you that draws you to God. Before I was saved, before I was saved and I was living at home, often, especially in the summertime, I would get up, we weren't going to school, I'd get up in the, in the morning during the summertime and I'd wake up and the house would be completely quiet. And, uh, and brothers and sisters were a little older and dad's off to work and I'd wake up and I didn't hear the TV playing, didn't hear the radio going. And I'd think, well, I wonder where everybody's at. And I can remember day after day getting up out of that bed and walking in the living room and I'd find my little mama sitting there on the couch and she'd have the lamp turned on. She'd have a cup of coffee and usually she'd have, she'd have her Bible right here and she might have our daily bread right here and she might have Dr., one of Dr. McGee's, uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee's books right here and I can't tell you the times that I woke up and I'd find my mama spending time with God. Just quietly, not making a commercial about it. Not boasting about it, just walking with Jesus. I can't tell you the times when I, uh, at night when we were going to bed and, and everybody was tucked in and I, I remembered something. I needed to ask mom and dad maybe about school or something and I, I would go back into mom and dad's room. Door wasn't shut. It was just sort of cracked and I, without knocking, I'd just sort of walk in and I can't tell you the times that I would find my dad kneeling beside the bed, walking with God and I would just quietly back out. You said, Pastor, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. I had a mom and dad who were born. They were birthed into the family of God. And although I cannot understand it all, when they were birthed into God's family, God gave them a desire. And he said, you need me, you need me, you need me, you gotta have me, you need me. Oh, listen, church, I'm not trying to be, I, listen, I'm not trying to be controversial, but I'm just telling you, if you're here this morning and you say, I'll tell you what I need, preacher, I need money. Preacher, I need the bank. That's what I need. I need more money, preacher. I need more fun, preacher. I need more popularity, preacher. I need more friends, preacher. But in that equation, God is not found. It could be and probably is somewhere along the line. You've never been born again into the family of God. Babies long for the breast of their mother. Say something else about babies. Babies cry. Exodus 2, verse 6, talking about Moses. Remember when the Bible says that Moses' mom put him in that ark? Y'all remember that? And the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter found him down there in the bulrushes. She sent the maid down to go fetch him and the Bible says in Exodus 2, verse 6, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. Moses was crying. He was weeping. You say, why was he doing that, preacher? Because what babies do. Babies cry. Zach was our crying baby. He was our crying baby. Oh, 
He was our crying baby. Sometimes our kids act like <laughs> we hadn't been down that path. Oh, we've been down that path and back and then back down again. Zach was our crying baby. He, he was colicky when he was born. He got the colic and his little tummy hurt and he just cried and cried and cried and cried. He cried in the morning. He cried at noon. He cried at night. He just cried all the time. Uh, sometimes the only thing we could do to calm his crying down was put him in the car seat and put him in the car and go, go riding somewhere. We didn't have anywhere to go. We just went somewhere because he was about to drive us crazy. And he just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And you say, preacher, why did he do that? You know why he done it, church? It's what babies do. We, we never, although we wished it would stop, we never looked at Zach, my wife and I, and said, honey, what is, what, what's, what is his deal? What, we never called the emergency room and said, well, something's wrong, something, something's dreadful. Well, what's wrong, brother, Mr. Pope? Well, our baby's crying. Well, Mr. Pope, I had to tell you this, but that's what babies do. You see, babies cry. Can I ask you a question? You ever cry? You say, Pastor, I'm not a crier. I get it. Especially you old, especially you fellas. I get it. Can I ask you a question? You ever cry over your sins? I'll just testify. You ever, time, ever have a time in your life when you do what you know you shouldn't do and you don't do what you know you should? You ever have a time when you just go to the Lord and say, Lord, what in the world? What was I thinking? I know better than that. I know not to say things like that. I know, I know better than that. I know better than that. You ever have a time when you just cry over your shortcomings? Where you cry over your sin? Where you cry over your mistakes? Listen, church, this ever happened to you? Do you ever cry because you just neglect him? <laughs> man, you ever, you ever, maybe nobody else, maybe it's just me this morning, but you ever have a time when you're just thinking, man, I didn't spend time in the Bible this week like I should have. Didn't pray like you should have. And you just go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I, I don't have an excuse. I'm just telling you, I haven't, I haven't spent time with you this week like I need to. I've neglected you and the Spirit of God has let me know that. And man, you just cry because you know that you've sinned. I thought about Peter over Luke chapter 22. Remember the story? Where Jesus came to Peter and said, Peter, and, and Peter said, Lord, I'll not only go to jail with you, I'll die with you. And Jesus Christ looked at Peter and said, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me. You'll deny me. And sure enough, that's what happened. Peter denied the Lord. You know what the Bible says in Luke 22 and verse number 62? The Bible says the Lord turned and he looked on Peter. And our Bible says it like this. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Oh, God. You told me I'd do that. You told me I'd deny you. Oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I turned on him. I can't believe I betrayed him. I can't believe I denied him. You ever cry? 
You ever cry because people are on their way to a Christless hell? Loved ones, family members, people that you care deeply about and yet you know they're not born again and you know if something doesn't happen that hell's gonna be their destiny. Man, you ever, you ever spend some time just crying over those people? You ever, you ever cry because your family is blinded by the enemy and they think you're a fanatic because you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night and you're not mad at them, you love them to death, but have you ever just spent some time where you just, where you just cry? You say, preacher, is that important? Well, you know what the Bible says about Jesus? Jesus cried. In fact, I remember the story in John 11. Y'all remember that where the Bible says that Mary and Martha had a brother. His name was Lazarus. And they sent word to Jesus. He was just a short ways away. He wasn't very far. He could have made it in just a little bit of time. And they sent word to the Lord and said, Lord, Lazarus, our brother, your friend, he's sick. You need to come. And the Bible says that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for a little while. By the time he got to Bethany, Lazarus was dead. And the Bible says when Jesus saw the people weeping in John eleven thirty five. 35, by the way, the shortest verse in your Bible, the Bible says this, Jesus wept. He wept. Luke 19, 41 says it like this, and when he, the Lord Jesus, when he was come near, he beheld the city, and the Bible says that he wept wept over it. You ever cry? You say, Pastor, why is that important? Because babies cry. Babies cry. Babies long for the breast of their mother. Babies cry. I'll tell you something else about babies. Boy, you know this, don't you? Babies get hungry. It's a vital sign. <laughs> babies get hungry. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it for you. You can jot it down if you want. Isaiah 49, 15. It's a wonderful verse. The Bible says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. And God said, yet will I not forget thee. Did you know one of the reasons a mom can't forget her baby is because that baby constantly wants to eat? <laughs> if you mamas, I mean, maybe this is a Mother's Day message. If anybody can relate to the message that I'm preaching this morning, you mothers can. You say, preacher, I can never forget my, my baby because that baby wants to eat all the time. I mean, it's hungry. And I feed it, and its little stomach won't hold very much, and so it's not very long after that. It's hungry again, and it cries because it wants more sustenance. You see, babies are going to let you know when they're hungry. You see, I, I can tell beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have some folks at this church that have experienced a new birth in Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, how do, how do you know? Because I can see that they are hungry. They're hungry for the things of God. They're hungry. Oh, yes. It's why my wife and I get here early on Sunday morning and people beat us. We get here early and we pull in. There's three or four or five cars aren't in the parking lot. And people are here and, and uh, you say, Pastor, what's that about? They're hungry. It's why after the service, we have to cut the lights off and run you out. <laughs> they don't want to leave. And it's nothing. And by the way, we love it. 
It's nothing after a Wednesday night service for my wife and I to leave, not to leave till 11 or 11.15 at night because people are here just fellowshipping, basking in the glory. You know what's going on? Preacher, I, I don't understand that. I know. I know. You know what that's about? Babies are hungry. Babies are hungry. Now don't fall out with me on this one. It's why when we were in the midst of COVID and nobody knew what to do, we never covered that in Bible college. They never told us, this is what you do when you're in the midst of a, a, a worldwide pandemic. And so we didn't know whether to have service or not have service or have parking lot service or have a live stream. And so there for a few weeks, we were having live stream services and people calling up saying, preacher, preacher, can we come? Can we just slide in? I know you're preaching the live stream, but can we just come and sit in the service? Well, you do know you might get COVID. Oh, I know. That's all right. You see, preacher, we, don't want, we want to just come. We, we want to just be there. We, we don't have to do anything. We just want to be there. You say, preacher, I don't understand that. I understand it well. You know what that tells me? People who are real babies have a hunger for the things of God. They've experienced a new birth. First Peter chapter two, verse two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now we're about dumb and I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter two in your Bibles this morning. Acts chapter two. And look at verse number 41 this morning. Acts chapter two, verse number 41. Acts 2, verse 41. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you're finding your place there. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Book of Acts is right after the Gospel of John, right before the book of Romans. Acts 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Look at verse number 46. And they, the church, these that have just been saved, these baby Christians, and they continuing, what continuing Daily, and they continuing, what was the word? Daily. Daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Look at verse, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church. What's the word? Daily, Daily such as should be saved. I wanna ask you a question. Why was this early church meeting every single day? <laughs> every single day. They were coming together. You say, why, preacher? I'll tell you exactly why. They were hungry. They were hungry. They got saved, and God put a hunger down inside of them, and they could not get enough, and they wanted to hear Peter teach, and they wanted to hear James teach, and they wanted to hear John speak, and then they were hungry. They were hungry for truth, and yet... If the modern day local church meets on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Wednesday night, we're labeled as fanatics. 
Don't go down there with those bunch of holy rollers. Friend, you call us what you want. It's not that we're holy rollers. It's we're hungry. And when you are a baby, you're hungry. You're hungry. By the way, can I ask you this question? What would you think about Abigail's little girl, little, little baby? If she never was hungry, never desired mama, didn't want a bottle, didn't want formula, didn't want milk. Every time Abigail gets ready to feed her, she spits it out. I mean, days go by, she won't eat anything. At the very least, you'd say she's sick. Everybody with me this morning? See, you don't get deep preaching when you come here. You just get practical preaching. If you're here this morning and you are birthed into the family of God, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have a hunger for the things of the Lord. Can we go one more? And we're done. Babies long for the breast of their mother. Babies cry. Babies get hungry. But tell you something else. Babies don't like to be dirty. Everybody with me this morning? Did you know a good baby, even with a great disposition, will let you know when it's dirty? You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, my baby hardly ever cries. Such a good baby. I mean, it eats and I lay it down in the... In the uh, uh, you call them a bassinet? Is it a bassinet? Okay, whatever that is. You know, that's what we used to call them, a bassinet. All you old folks know what I'm talking about, amen? And, uh, and you say, preacher, I lay my little baby down and it hardly ever cries. It's just so content. It smiles and goos and gagas. And, and I mean, it's just, a, it's just the best. It's just the best little baby. And I, and I say, hallelujah, that's wonderful. But I got news for you. You let that baby get dirty enough. It's going to let you know. Because when babies get dirty, you know what they do? They squirm, they squirm, and they cry, and they won't be content as long as they're dirty. You know what they're saying? Clean me up. Clean me up. Oh, man, I'm so sick of this dirty diaper. Mama, get this off of me. Mama, help. Mama, clean me up. Mama, help me. Did you know when you are born again, did you know that when you are saved, you won't be content when you're dirty? I'm about to come down there and amen myself this morning. All this is coming from heaven today. You won't be content if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm saved. If you are genuinely born again, you will not go through life satisfied while you're dirty. You won't sing leaning on the everlasting arms and amazing grace, how sweet the sound when you're living in the sewer and living like sinners. I'm telling you, brother, when you're really a baby, you want to get cleaned up. You say, Pastor, got any proof of that? I do. Second Samuel chapter 11, David, who was a man after God's own heart, got dirty. Man, he got dirty. Bible said he walked up on the, the top of the king's palace and looked and he saw a woman bathing herself, Bathsheba, and she was beautiful to look upon. And rather than turn away, 
He looked and he lusted. And he said to some of his men, go get her and bring her to me. And they said, whoa, 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 king. That's Uriah's wife. She's married. And he said, I want her to go get her. He brings Bathsheba to the palace, commits adultery, gets her pregnant. Now there's a scandal in the kingdom. And so David says, somehow I gotta cover this up. And you know the long, tainted story. David brings her husband home and tries to get him to sleep with her, and that doesn't work. And so finally, David sends an assassin letter and says, set him in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire you from him that he may be smitten and die. David kills Uriah, try to cover his sin. David's in a mess. He's in a mess. Satisfied? No. You know why? He knows the Lord. And when you're really a baby, you don't like being dirty. And so in Psalm 51, we find that dirty baby coming to the Lord. In Psalm 51, verse 7, David said it like this to the Lord, purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Wash me. Wash me. And I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know what David was saying? Lord, help me. I'm dirty. Lord, help me. Help me. Lord, help me. I'm dirty. You say, preacher, how can I know if I'm genuinely saved? If you're genuinely saved, you will not go through life satisfied with a dirty diaper. Preacher, I got saved in the revival, but I'm still doing all the same stuff I did before the revival. Doesn't bother me. Well, I love you, and I'm glad you're here today. But this would be my advice. You need to come get born again. Because babies don't like to be dirty. And we're done. You can close your Bibles. We're done. But listen to what I'm about to tell you this morning. Now listen to this closely. Did you know that a new birth that isn't known isn't natural? Now think with me. We're done. We're getting ready to pray. But think about this. A new birth that is not known is not natural. Every once in a while, some little teenage girl will get pregnant out of wedlock. And she's scared to death of her mom and dad or she's scared to death of what people may think. And so she doesn't eat anything and she tries to keep that little bubble down. And people say things and she'll say, I'm just gaining a little weight. And because she doesn't want anybody to know, she'll go in a restroom in high school or she'll go somewhere in a bathroom and she'll give birth to that child. And I know this is terrible. But she'll take that baby and she'll dispose of that baby into a trash can. How many would agree that's not natural? It's not natural. You see, a new birth that isn't known isn't natural. And I said that to say this. Usually when there's a new birth, it's a very public happening. People know. People are coming to see that new baby Preparations being made. And, and how many of you parents can testify to this? That new birth changes everything. <laughs> it changes everything. 
I mean, it changes the home completely. That home is never the same after that baby is born. You know why? Because that new baby lets everybody know, I'm here. I'm here. I've been born. Do people know that you've been born? Father, we love you. And Father, we thank you for this message that you've sent to the church today. Father, I am afraid that our churches are filled with people that know how to tie their tie, they know how to put on a suit, they know how to shine their shoes, they even know how to carry a Bible. But truth of the matter is, they've never been birthed into the family of God. Father, if there are those here this morning that do not know that they know that they know that they're saved and going to heaven, I pray right now that you would work in their hearts. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask a couple questions. We're gonna, we're gonna go. How many are here this morning who would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, nobody's looking, not one soul is looking, please. You'd say, Preacher, if I died right now, I know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven without anybody looking at all. Would you just slip your hand up as a testament to that? Thank you so much. You can lower your hands. Can I ask you this question, though? How many are here today and you would at least let me pray for you? And you would say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I'm not sure that I have been birthed into the family of God without anybody looking, without any soul looking. How many in the quietness of this moment would just slip up your hand right now and say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure. Pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Come on, right now. Just slip it up. Just slip it up. Come on, right now. Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure of heaven. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Is there somebody else? Come on. Come on, let me pray for you today. Just slip it up. Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up. Personal workers, would you please make your way down to the altar very quietly, please? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and nobody's looking just for a moment, okay? How many are here today? And you'd say, Pastor, I am a baby. I am birthed into the family of God but I am not where I need to be with Christ. And I know it. I'm not really where I need to be in the will of the Lord. And I need to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you right now, wherever you may be, would you just slip your hand up right now? Just raise it up. Let me pray for you right now. Can I pray for you? God bless you. Who else? Preacher, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. You just slip your hand up. Is there somebody else? Just slip it up right now. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand and said, Pastor, I am not sure of heaven. I'm not sure that I'm saved. Here's what I want you to do. Without a moment's hesitation, as soon as I say amen, our heads are going to be bowed. But as soon as I say amen, I want you to step out. 
And we have somebody up here with a Bible who would love to show you from God's Word how you can know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you stand with me all over the house right now? Father, thank you for your blessings. And Lord, thank you for speaking to my heart today. God, I want to be a better Christian. Lord, I want to have more of a hunger. I want to have more of a desire for the things of the Lord. Oh God, I pray that you'd help me. And then Lord, I pray that you'd help our congregation today. Father, those that have raised their hands and said they're not sure of heaven, just a moment, God, I pray they'll come. And Lord, today, I pray they'll get it nailed down once and for all. Lord, help them to leave this place knowing that they are birthed into the family of God. Father, please have your way. Those that need to rededicate their lives to Christ, I pray that they will come. God, I pray our Calvary family will come. And just pray, Lord, just fall on this altar and pray for the lost. And so, Lord, have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you raise your hand, would you step out right now? Come on, right now, just step out. Right now, just step out. That's right. Come on. We've got some folks up here with the Bible that want to help you. Would you come? If you raised your hand and said, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven. Listen, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? If you'll take that first step, God will help you with the second one. I promise you that. Preacher, a lot lot of people here. That's all right. Just say, excuse me. Can I get by you? Can, Can I get past you? Just say, excuse me. Come on. Come on. Or maybe, listen, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven, why don't you ask the person beside you if they'd come with you? They'll come. They'll come. They'll walk the aisle with you. Would you come right now while we wait? Father, I thank you for your blessings. Lord, this is not my, I can't do anything in this. Lord, this has to be totally you. And so Holy Spirit right now, I pray that you'll work in the hearts. Oh God, help nobody to leave this place wondering whether they're born again. Father, give them courage. Father, give them faith right now. Give them faith, Lord, to step out and to come. God, help us to eat our pride. God, help us not to allow pride to take us to hell. God, help them to come. Give them courage. Lord, right now, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you come? Pastor, I am saved, but I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Hey, would you come this morning? Would you come? Hey, Mom, happy Mother's Day. Hey, Mom, if you're here this morning and you've got little ones or you've got little ones that are not little ones anymore, they're grown now, but they're lost without the Savior. Maybe just maybe God would move upon your heart to come down to this altar and just pray for that child today. God save them. God save them. Would you come while we wait?